0: Chapter 3. Under her watchful eyes. That evening, once dinner was finished and the two moons were hanging over Dunai, I bid my farewells to my uncle and I began my journey to Sunshire. The streets were fairly empty and the two moons hung high overhead, illuminating my path as I made my way west. By river, it was a good day's journey between Sunshire and Wurz, but that was also traveling upstream with a few bins along the channels. The road from Wurz to Sunshire was straight and if I could move at a reasonable pace, I knew I could be there before morning. I was sleepy, but my motivation far outweighed any need to stop. I wanted to get to Sunshire as quickly as possible so that I could get a rest just outside of town. I didn't want to travel during the day if I could help it. More people would see me. I had to remain hidden in order for this to be successful. The sound of creatures roaming about the woods near the path and the sound of the Saryak River flowing provided a subtle ambience. I was relaxed as I moved quickly. Though I wasn't running, I moved at a pace faster than a walk, almost a steady jog. My stamina was far better than I imagined. And I was able to keep up the pace for quite some time. For the majority of the travel, I was able to keep up the pace and it allowed me to get ahead of schedule, though I could feel the effects of the pace finally starting to creep in as the night was turning into morning. I was hoping I would find a place to rest on my way into the town. The sun was beginning to emerge into the east toward Wurz as my body was beginning to wear down. I needed to rest before I went into Sunshire so that I would have my wits about me. The road between Wurz and Sunshire was surrounded by farmland, with acres of crops springing up with wooden fences providing barriers. With the sun illuminating the area now and providing shadows around me, and the city of sunshine in the distance, I noticed a large patch of land with a few structures on it to my right. The wooden fence that was providing a barrier between the road and the crops was now replaced with an iron one. It was far sturdier and taller, but there were also large slats between the bars. If someone wanted to get through, and were thin enough, they could without much trouble. I could see a barn located toward the road, and it didn't appear that there was much blocking the path. I squeezed through the bars and made my way through a field as quietly as I could eventually making it to the barn above the doorway in iron letters was the name dorvo i smirked knowing that i had somehow stumbled upon the dorvo plantation i entered the barn and inspected the area immediately noticing a loft in the back that was filled with straw the barn was empty of any livestock or workers so it was perfect for me to take a rest without being found i climbed up a wooden ladder and made my way over to the straw upon reaching the soft surface i plopped down onto my back I closed my eyes and faded away, knowing this may be my last opportunity to sleep for some time. I woke up a few hours later with the sound of hoofs clattering against the ground, startling me. I was on my back in the raptors with straw around my body so that I remained hidden, but I could hear the sound of men stirring about beneath me. "'Master Dorvo has ordered the steeds into town to carry away the debris from the stockade,' announced a gruff voice. "'Make the horses ready within the hour.' "'Of course, sir.' "'What of the rest of the beasts?' inquired a second voice. "'It doesn't matter.' "'Tonight is the night we've been preparing for. Tonight, the plantation will become the bastion of solitude that we've been working toward for the past few years,' continued the original gruff voice. "'I was immediately curious to what they were referring to. I knew my uncle said they were up to something, but now my curiosity had been piqued. However, I knew I had to get into Sunshire to find out more about that building.' I wasn't there to investigate what the Dorvos were doing at their plantation, but what was happening in the city of Sunshire. I waited for a few minutes, and once the barn was empty, I climbed down from the loft and made my way back out into the field. I could hear farmhands toiling about in the field, but I knew the road was close. I made it out of the barn without any fuss and without being noticed to find myself standing out in the road again, now with the sun high overhead. It was around midday, which was perfect. I was hoping to get a few hours of sleep, and I got just what I needed. There were a few carts making their way toward Sunshire from Wurz, so it was easy for me to sneak into one of them and allow it to pull me into Sunshire without anyone noticing. There were no guards or soldiers patrolling the entrances, which I found alarming. Wurz had a small garrison positioned at every entrance. Even Brex had a couple armed men inspecting those who entered the city. Sunshire was open for the world, which I found quite peculiar at the time. The sights and sounds of Sunshire were the least of my worries, though. I was sent there to do a job for my uncle, and I needed to get it done as quickly as possible. The citizens were all moving about fairly quickly while several men with heavy tools were moving toward the Saryak River, where I assumed my destination was. For a city that was a fraction the size of Wurz, its port was just as bustling. Ships would dock and be unloaded within minutes. Following the final disembarking, the ship would be forced off into the Saryak. No ships were allowed to dock there without special permission from the Dorvos. While strolling down the main drag of the city, I kept watch for various people that I would run into. Priests of Area were walking through the streets unabated greeted by all of the shopkeepers and artisans as friends. The citizens of Sunshire welcomed some of them into their homes. I had never seen anything like this, but I was also brought up to not trust any of the gods or their priests, though two of my brothers felt otherwise. After a few more minutes of wandering through the streets of Sunshire, I finally found my destination. The large building that my uncle sent me to investigate was sitting awkwardly on the banks of the Saryak River, hidden behind a couple of tall trees and some shrubs. Several laborers ran back and forth along the road to the building, carrying in supplies while others carried away debris. The road led to a wooden bridge and then down the path where the building was several feet away. I walked across the bridge to get a closer look at the building. While moving inconspicuously across the structure, large boats passed underneath with the workers toiling about. They were loud and boisterous, but made me laugh while I moved toward the building in the distance. At the edge of the bridge, I could get a good look at what they were building. Four wooden walls were complete and the roof was pitched and being covered. The priests of the area were directing several of the workers while on the outside I noticed two men walking around wearing different attire the first man that i took note of was stern with yellowy green hair it was short on top and spiked in the back on his face i could see a large and deep scar on his left cheek while his skin tone nearly matched mine he wore pants and a tunic both green with black trim and hints of silver on his shoulder was the crest of Taldris, the god of the atmosphere at the time i did not know who he was but i've come to learn his name was banthias and he was one of talgis's most ruthless and efficient soldiers he was god-touched, and was feared by most of his contemporaries for his mastering of violent winds. Walking step by step with him was a member of the Order of Darien, Mornier. I was familiar with him, but only from hearsay and stories. He was a steadfast warrior and a devoted zealot for Darien. He was known for his calm demeanor that only matched his skill with a greatsword. Very few warriors have ever harnessed the true power that a greatsword brings. Mornier is one of them. Like Pantheos, he was a god-touched servant. He walked side by side with his contemporary, with neither towering over the other. His armor was polished and reflecting the light from the sun with every step. Their imposing walks oozed charisma and power, with neither fearing the other. I kept my distance at the edge of the bridge, eventually moving away from it and toward one of the bushes. I lowered myself down in between two of them with my back close to a tree. I was hidden from view, or at least I thought. I was able to confirm that a god-touch for Darien was there. And as they came toward me, I could hear their plan. "'Has Xilin sent his representative yet?' inquired Warnier as he and Banthias inspected the building. Banthias smirked and shook his head as I watched on. "'He has sent a few priests, but he's yet to send someone to actually take their place within these walls,' answered Banthias with a coy grin. "'It's almost as if he wants us to complete everything before he arrives to put the finishing touches on it.' "'Warnier grinned and peered back at the building. "'He exhaled and shook his head solemnly. "'He'll probably get his wish, if that's the case,' he said honestly before walking away. "'I couldn't hear any more.' but knowing what I know now, he was referencing to the role that Xiling was playing in their grand scheme. I kept watch behind the bushes and took note of everyone I saw. Once Warnier and Banthias were where I could no longer hear them, I was able to see five more god-touched members of Darien's order. Albatron, Drainault, Razzoli, and Chalice made up the famed Order of Darien, a garrison of five god-touched soldiers who served Darien as zealots. However, while examining the area, I took note of another. He was standing beside a priest of Darien outside the building with both holding a tome together. I know far more now than I did back then. The Sunshire Stockade, as it is referred to, houses thousands of souls who never made their way to the halls of Vesia. That day, I witnessed the finishing touches being put on it. Those two men that I saw holding the tome were both equally instrumental in its creation. The first, a man with longer hair and a beard to match, was Krix. He was a god-touched soldier of Darien, and he was charged with protecting the other man, Kuros. While only a priest, Kuros possessed an unrivaled ability that served him well. His short hair and lanky frame made him appear less like a soldier and more like a scholar, but he was devilishly powerful. He would serve as the warden of the stockade, the man who every soul would be linked with. Kuros was the catalyst and everyone who entered, upon their death, would only power him further. I had seen enough. There were six god-touched followers of Darien there along with one priest. I had enough to take back to words to my uncle. I needed to alert him of what was actually going on with the Dorvos, and while I didn't know how it would actually affect him or his business, I knew he appreciated my efforts. The trek back to Wers was fairly simple, as I received passage aboard a ship for nothing. I simply told the captain who I was and, with both of us having a mutual disdain for my father and love for my uncle, he took me willingly to Wers. However, upon arriving in Wers, it was not as I had left it. I made it back to my uncle's manor in words after personally witnessing the weird sights in Sunshire. The guards at the gate were moving frantically, something I'd never seen before. The day was getting stranger as I strutted past them innocently as they worked to secure the structure. I turned toward one of them and smirked nonchalantly. "'Did someone break into the manor?' I asked sarcastically. The soldier turned to face me and shook his head frantically. "'Have you not heard?' he asked rhetorically. "'Heard what?' I paused and I stared at the eyes of the soldier noticing a sense of fear that I had never seen from someone who worked for my uncle. Brial has been submerged into the depths by Xylene. My eyes widened in shock as the words slipped off the guard's tongue. I stepped away from the guard as he immediately went back to what he was doing. The others around him were securing the grounds and loading up carriages to take goods inland. It wasn't known if it was safe to leave goods in Wurz. The guards, servants, and others throughout the ground were worried Xylene would act again, this time against Wurz. It was at that moment that I realized that my father may have been onto something after all. Where if Falaos would take over the business, he knew he would need an ally who was friendly with Xylene. Tigras was the key to the family's future. Xylene just dealt a crippling blow to my uncle's shipping business, as well as Dunai, and it was hard to fathom that Tigras was not aware of something brewing. The souls of everyone who did not escape Brile were transported to Sunshire. While the sea would be their body's final resting place, the Sunshire Stockade was their souls. Everything in Dunai changed that day. Unbeknownst to me at the time, Neralil, the goddess of illumination, had been assassinated. A seraphim, wielding an ancient weapon from the gods' original realm, Tengreggia, had driven it into her back and destroyed her essence. She would not head to the halls of Vessia, but instead faded away into nothingness. Following both of those events, Vessia was forced to act. Where the gods could move freely into Dunai before, now they were barred from entering. High priests were still able to move freely between each god's realm and Dunai, but if a god willingly stepped foot into Dunai, he or she would immediately become mortal. With this in mind, my uncle spent the next year reshaping his business. The gods' influence on Dunai was vastly limited now. Without the threat of a god actually intervening, which rarely happened anyway, the neutral souls on Dunai no longer feared them. Priests were looked at as normal people now, and power in the world shifted. The gods no longer ran Dunai, but men did. It was at this moment that power truly centralized in Shorek and Tirdret and Khor. Merdul was always the center of power in Orne. But now the seven duchies no longer had to worry about the hand of the gods meddling as much. My uncle took full advantage of this, but he had to protect his interests. We would soon have to head to Merdul directly to ensure this. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scripcrip.com.